when we think about the wounded leader, we can go straight to this, like a definition of like a wild animal who was hurt and trapped. And all of a sudden, they're reacting and they're lashing out. And we can see this in the world stage of so many different leaders who are grabbing for power. That is not what I mean by wounded leader. What I mean by wounded leader, and maybe Brene Brown, you know, she's a um, she talks about shame and she talks about dare to lead. She has so many wonderful books on leadership. She talks about the vulnerable leader. And to me, there's a cross section between the vulnerable leader and the wounded leader, where the wounded leader is someone who's through their lived experiences have um, have gone through challenges, have gone have not only gone through challenges, but have done everything in their power to overcome to face those challenges. And in that respect, they've learned empathy they've learned courage, they've learned vulnerability. And the kicker here to be a true vulnerable leader or wounded leader is then to not be afraid to share their challenges, to take the shame and the stigma away from their challenges, but to express those because they're not liabilities, they're gifts. Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Poole-Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Together, we are standing at a really crucial threshold. And this is a threshold that we've been in since mid-February 2024, when Chiron was conjunct the North Node in Aries, and will remain in this threshold through April and beyond because Chiron will be conjunct the big solar eclipse that we'll be having in Aries on April 8th. Chiron's placement in the skies is underscoring themes of healing, stepping up to become the leaders of our lives, and spotlighting the contribution that we're here to make, especially through the challenging things in our lives. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda Poole-Walsh, and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub and here to help usher us through this critical time with grace. We have the lovely and renowned brand and leadership astrologer, Leslie Tagorda. Leslie is making her Astrology Hub podcast debut today, and she is also going to be our inner circle expand guide for the upcoming Aries lunar cycle. Leslie brings a truly unique perspective to astrology, and her mission is to illuminate your natural radiance through astrology's wisdom, empowering you to reach your fullest potential and step into the role of the luminary leader you were always meant to be. Leslie, I love that. Luminary leader. It's beautiful. Inner Circle members, you can look forward to a mastery class from Leslie called Chiron, the Wounded Leader, turning your Chiron challenges into gifts of contribution. In this class, you'll get a deep dive into Chiron through all of the houses and signs so you can learn how to step more fully into your calling by understanding Chiron's placement in your chart. We haven't had a Chiron-focused teaching in the inner circle in a while, so it's going to be both timely and insightful for us all. 
If you are not in a member of the inner circle yet, but you'd love to get your hands on this mastery class, you will have an opportunity to join us in the membership during our upcoming promotional period, which is beginning here very shortly. Twice per year, we offer the inner circle at 40% off the regular price, and we're approaching that threshold later this month. Make sure you're on the wait list so you're the first to know when this promotional period starts. Just go to astrologyhub.com slash waitlist to get on that list now. We'll also drop that link into the show notes. All right, Leslie, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to the Astrology Hub community. Thank you for being here. Hello, Amanda. Thank you for inviting me. This is just wonderful. (laughs) So excited to be here. All right. Well, one thing that we always do, this is kind of tradition at Astrology Hub, is when you're making your podcast debut, we got to hear your story. How did you (laughs) come to astrology and especially this idea of brand astrology and or leadership focused astrology? Tell us a little bit about your story. Oh, thank you for asking because my my journey into astrology is actually really tied into my Chiron story. Mm. And I'm going to try to make it as short as possible, but you, you'll need all the dips and the valleys to understand and maybe connect the dots to your own Chiron story. Um, but I was born and raised in Hawaii. I am multiracial. My dad is Filipino. My mom is Jewish. And growing up in Hawaii in the late 70s and the late 80s, I was always really conscious of not being brown enough for my Filipino family, not being white enough for my Jewish family. And then my mom remarried and she remarried an Okinawan man when I was really young. And my Okinawan family loved me, but there was clearly a difference in what we looked like. So I was always code switching, being that chameleon and trying to figure out who am I? a lifelong question of who am I? Now, it's very typical, right? When you're really little, your parents or your teachers might ask you, what do you want to be? Now, not so much anymore, but when we were little, that was the question, what do you want to be? I always knew that I wanted to study the stars. I had no idea that one could be an astrologer. So I actually went to college um, to study astronomy. (laughs) I had a double major in astronomy and music. Now, the reason why I say that is because even as I went into, you know, I um, grew up in Hawaii and I studied and I was doing all of these different things, being a classical musician, learning, learning astronomy and going down that path. I always felt like I couldn't be myself. I was always trying to fit into these like really rigid definitions of what a good musician would be like, what a good girl would be like, what a good student would be like, never giving myself that space. Fast forward to the dot com, I moved to San Francisco because I wanted to explore myself and where better, a better place in the world to go explore yourself but the city of San Francisco where everyone is accepted and everyone belongs. At the time, I I jumped into technology and Aquarius, so I love technology and I learned everything that you could about web design and brand design and instructional design, (laughs) all of these pieces that we're picking up along our path. At first, you don't understand until you have that kind of grand perspective. And then I wanted to be a musician again. I'm getting somewhere. 
<laughs> I didn't want to be a poor musician, so I decided to open up my own web and branding business. This was about 20 years ago. And in that 20 years, I learned everything, all the techniques and all the strategies of how to put together a brand, how to put together a website, how to present yourself. And we were putting together beautiful brands and beautiful websites, yet my, myself and my clients were not getting anywhere. And simply because we were guessing, we're like, oh, this is in trend right now. Oh, I like this color. Oh, this person is saying this, so I'm going to say that. And when we think about a website for a business or leadership, it is the soul, the identity of that business, of that person. And if we're just pretending to be somebody we're not, no matter how beautiful it is, it's going to flop. So fast forward <laughs> to my Uranus opposition. Um, Uranus opposition also opposite my Chiron. I had a complete identity crisis. And I was like, what am I going to do? I hate my business. I want to burn it down. I was going to get ready to like go work at Starbucks, right? Like that, that's always like the backup plan. I'm going to go work at Starbucks. <laughs> and so, but in that moment... And I, I, I forgot to mention, I had been studying astrology throughout this time, just studying on my own, on my own, on my own. I went to my natal chart because when I was in times of crisis, I always go back to my natal chart and say, what is going on? And when I finally opened up my natal chart at that time of crisis, all my decades of branding, all my decades of trying to find myself, I was like, oh my gosh, it's right here. Look, we have the communications director, we have the style director, we have the leadership, the voice, the vision, the purpose, the mission. I could see it all in the natal chart. And I was like, my mind was blown. And I would say in less than three months, I put together an entire new framework that connects the dots between astrology and branding and <laughs> I, I changed my business in three short months and ta-da, here we are now. Oh that was in 2018. Leslie, I love that story. <laughs> that is amazing. And it really does bring us exactly to Chiron and why it's so important to understand that Chiron. So yes. would you say in your journey with Chiron, first of all, of course, I am I am enamored that you grew up in in Hawaii and in your whole story, you know, there's a lot of identity issue crisis things happening in these islands. I know they're happening everywhere, yeah. but, it, but that story I think happens a lot for people that to this, not enough this for that and not too much this for that. And, you know, just not fitting in really anywhere. Right. Yeah. Do I belong? Yes. yes. So that Chiron wound of do like, I don't really fit in anywhere. How does that drive your desire to work with people to help them step into their own unique brand of leadership and their own unique brand, period? You know, how, how does that help you? How does that drive you? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things that, you know, Chiron and Aries and, and Aries in general is who am I? And astrology answers that question, know thyself. And so when we're thinking about our leadership and how we present ourselves to make our mark, and that's what I think of as a brand, it's that memorable presence and impression that we leave on people. 
when society or our culture or our family or our experiences are saying, well, a leader looks like an older white man in a suit that has a billion dollars or an ultra beautiful influencer on Instagram that I could never possibly look like, right? There's these teeny tiny definitions of what a leader should look like. But what's happening, and we can see this in our natal chart, is that there are a million infinite ways to be a leader. And when we can know ourselves, we can chip away at all of the limiting beliefs and all of those stories that say a leader should look like this. And we can liberate ourselves from these narrow definitions. We can get to the heart at how we are supposed to lead, how we are supposed to make our mark that is independent of what society or culture or our family tells us. Yes. Love this. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about Chiron. So we hear all the time, Chiron's the wounded healer. Chiron's the wounded healer. I love your Mm -hmm. play on this. Chiron's the wounded leader. Okay. So let's talk about this. Tell us your perspective on Chiron in general. Then we'll get to why it's so important right now. Yes, absolutely. Now, the wounded leader, you know, I want to define wounded leader a little bit because when we think about the wounded leader, we can go straight to this, like a definition of like a wild animal who is hurt and trapped. And all of a sudden, they're reacting and they're lashing out. And we can see this in the world stage of so many different leaders who are grabbing for power. That is not what I mean by wounded leader. What I mean by wounded leader, and maybe Brene Brown, you know, she's a um, she talks about shame and she talks about dare to lead. She has so many wonderful books on leadership. She talks about the vulnerable leader. And to me, there's a cross-section between the vulnerable leader and the wounded leader, where the wounded leader is someone who's through their lived experiences have, um, have gone through challenges, have gone, have not only gone through challenges, but have done everything in their power to overcome, to face those challenges. And in that respect, they've learned empathy they've learned courage, they've learned vulnerability. And the kicker here to be a true vulnerable leader or wounded leader is then to not be afraid to share their challenges, to take the shame and the stigma away from their challenges, but to express those because they're not liabilities, they are gifts. Because when you share your experiences and your crises and not as kind of clickbait, but so that you can help others who are going through that path, that to me is what it is to be a true wounded leader. And Chiron's story and his mythology really outlines all of those archetypal stories within within each individual. We all have Chiron stories. Mm. It's so true, Leslie. And I know you ex- you've experienced this in your work, I'm sure a million times. Like when we have the courage to share the challenges to share the hard parts, to share the the less than perfect moments, the less than perfect stories. There's something that, there's a liberation that happens for people. And there is a ripple. And and it's amazing to me how when, you know, personally, when I share those kinds of things, how how much feedback people will say, thank you for sharing that. Because I thought 
I thought this about you, or I assumed this about you, but it's really nice to know that you go through things too, or, you know, we all go through these things. There's a liberation. So I love this focus. And it's also what you're saying about the vulnerable leader is, is it's something you said before we even went live, which I loved the way that you said this, the leader who has alchemized the experience, the painful experience and turned that pain into gold. It's turned that pain into a lesson that they can share. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that process? Like how does one actually even do that? Yeah. So thinking about, you know, for example, when I shared my story about not knowing who I was and constantly code switching, never feeling like I belonged, never feeling like um, I knew who I was or that it was okay to even be me because I lived in those gray multi-zones, that my gift of self-expression was that I had to learn who I was. I had to learn what it meant to present oneself in society in order to make a good impression, living in a body that wasn't accepted (laughs) really just because you're not, you don't fit in a box in a certain like category. And so all of the learning lessons that I picked up through the decades from identity and branding to my own self-development work, my own healing journey, the therapy that I went to to get to this place of self-acceptance, the commitments that I had to learn to make to my own expression, all of those are like the scar tissue that I that was being created in trying to overcome you're not good enough. You don't belong. And so now I create spaces of belonging. Now I help people find their own identities. And, you know, like Chiron, his Chironic pain never goes away. That's why he's the wounded healer. Like he can't heal in himself what he can heal in others. There's still parts of me that don't feel worthy, that don't feel like I belong. But then I share those stories and I help people come to terms within themselves. And when we come to our own terms and know ourselves at this truest truest level, there's a sense of authenticity. There's a sense of accountability. There's a sense of presence that builds. Leadership is all an inside job. Mm. It's not an outside job. Mm. And, and I think people often associate leaders with like, oh, government leaders or the CEO or... Can you help us define leadership a little bit? Because I have a feeling you don't mean just those people that we see visibly. Exactly. And a leader is anyone who is here to make a difference in the world. Even if you're here to make a difference with just, not just, with your family or with your pets or with your community. You are a leader because you're making a difference in somebody's world, whether you're supporting them, whether you're inspiring them, whether you're teaching them, whether you're loving them. Those are all forms of leadership. And that's one of the the kickers of the definition. Like, well, I'm not a leader. I simply hold space and invite people to my table. And I'm like, Absolutely. You're a leader. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Why is this relevant now? Let's talk about the astrology of this moment. Let's talk about the upcoming astrology, especially when you're going to be an inner circle astrologer with us. Tell us why 
the emphasis and focus on Chiron. Yes. So Chiron plays, but even since last year, Chiron has been playing a, a big role in like all of the lunations and this year playing such a deep role um, with the Chiron North Node conjunction that we just had earlier this week as we're recording and then the eclipse um i um it's so interesting we're both from hawaii right and so when i was thinking about the the transits that i'm personally looking at for entrepreneurs and change makers i'm thinking of them as like a lay mm-hmm. uh, a, a lay of transits oh. that started with pluto moving into aquarius oh. that then we had that new moon in Aquarius there. And then we have the, the North node Chiron conjunction. Then we have the eclipse. Then we have the Uranus, um, Uranus Jupiter conjunction. To me, these are all an on-ramp that we're opening up to. Now, it's not to say that we haven't been opening up to this new kind of collective leadership. I call this personally for me and in my work, I call this changing the faces of leadership. And what I see in leadership is that the old top down leadership that was like in Capricorn, like Pluto and Capricorn is being dismantled still. We're not quite done with that. Um, This kind of idea of top down leadership is going away. And what is happening is that we are creating a new era of leadership that existed many millennia ago when leadership was more communal, more tribal, more everybody who, you know, each one of us has our own expert expertise. We come together and contribute our own expertise. Um, I was reading this thing um, uh from Harvard, um, from Harvard Law School that was talking about collective leadership. And Harvard Law School is saying collective leadership replaces outmoded top-down leadership with a process that empowers the most knowledgeable experts to make decisions. Mm. And each one of us is an expert simply through our lived experiences. Mm. We don't need a PhD. We don't need a certification. We don't need all of these things that we think that we need <laughs> to be a leader. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, so that's part of our personal wisdom that contributes to our expertise. And when we can get comfortable and say, and not comfortable, but accept and look at all the things that we've lived through and say, oh, yeah, I am an expert at that that is that alchemy that gift of um turning your chiron wounds into your chiron gifts and it begins with that know thyself that you talked about earlier right because yes the only way for you to claim i am an expert at this my my lived experience my education my training my my life has prepared me for this so I, I can claim the leadership in this area of life and allow you to claim leadership in that area of life. And together, when we're both doing that, we're creating something even more amazing. But yes. it starts with that know thyself, right? Because if you don't know your unique wiring and your what... Because Leslie, do you find that people often dismiss the thing that they're naturally good at, the thing that they're wired for? Absolutely. (laughs) 
I always tell my clients, when you're dismissing your natural talents and gifts, you're essentially giving a big middle finger to the universe. <laughs> not being grateful and not using your your gifts, yeah. your star-charted gifts. Yes. Well, I think it's, I and, I, and everybody like hear this because I, I think this is universal. I, you run into it everywhere where those things that come easy for you that you think, oh yeah, well, but everyone can do this or, oh yeah, well, but like, that's no big deal. That's actually probably a huge clue for you that that's something that is very unique to you that because the assumption that everyone can do it is a signpost. Right? Exactly. Oh my gosh. You totally nailed it right there. Um, Going back, I think I didn't fully answer your original question about why now. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, as Pluto is moving into Aquarius, um, Aquarius now is about social structures. It's about humanity. It's about bringing people together. What is just for all of us? Um, Equity, equality, diversity. And so we can be afraid of the typical Pluto death and destruction <laughs> and dismantling of, of of shadows of some of our current social structures, like social media that has gone, you know, that can be so destructive sometimes, can be super helpful, but sometimes it's a double-edged sword. Um, these kinds of like high-tech bros, even an AI and like kind of some of the shadows of those things that Pluto is going to really bring to the present. But what's going to come out of that is this diversity of leaders and everybody coming forward as a society, that collective leadership to move things forward. And so that Pluto and Aquarius is definitely heralding in, making some fertile soil for this to come through. And then the North Node and Chiron meeting up um, and being an orb, as you say, until like until April, this is really all for us to come to terms with understanding who am I? And being really accepting and loving and gracious to all the ways that, you know, knowing our superpowers, not dismissing them, knowing our pains, not feeling shame, all of those and saying, okay, I'm going to stand in and step up with this kind of leadership. And so that's that Chiron and North Node. When we get to that eclipse, this is going to be our quantum leap mm. into that quantum. It's a North Node eclipse. So we are leaping forward into a new soul consciousness for humanity. <laughs> um, you know, we can set that intention of what we want to create. And if I see, if I could create and paint the vision of a utopia in the world, I would see everybody contributing their very best knowing who they are meant to be and not feeling shame around that. I love this, Leslie. And yes, this North Node eclipse on April 8th in Aries, conjunct Chiron, right? So Chiron is like taking center stage in this. So you're saying it is a quantum shift in collective consciousness and that Mm -hmm. leadership is in the spotlight and how we lead and how we contribute our own gifts is is the biggest theme around this yeah. place, yes how we are like how we are our best selves and how we contribute that into the collective wow that's an interesting reframe too that being our best selves is leadership 
That we don't have to be a quote unquote dubbed leader, but being the best version of ourselves is leadership because it's, it's leading others to do the same thing. And like you just said about this utopian vision, which I think so many of us hold, because I think it is really the design that we're meant to help usher in is that Mm -hmm. we're all aware of owning, embracing and contributing our unique gifts and giving space for other people to do that too, in their own unique way. And when we do that, everything works. Oh, everything is so easeful mm. when we do that. Mm. I love it. What are the traps? Like where, where do you see, like, why isn't this, why is this so hard for us? Why can't we just do that? Right. And where, where is our collective Chiron wounding showing up? and making it hard where is potentially our individual chiron wounding showing up and making this hard and how can we become more aware of those things so we can continue to alchemize them and step into that higher version oh such a deep question i hope i can re- i can <laughs> touch on each of those points um you know thinking about like collectively right now with the south node and i think that this is also really confusing with the north node in aries and the south node in libra at this time we put so much shadow on aries mm. right the hyper individuality the um the warrior and the fight aspect the um the like put me first kind of selfishness those shadows of aries and so sometimes it's really hard for us to see like oh well, what are the benefits of Aries and how can we stretch into that? The highest of Aries is to be our best selves, to know ourselves. And that self-know that keeps us trapped, that we need to really look at and face and take apart are the shadows of Libra. Mm. And the shadows of Libra are not collaboration. The shadows of Libra are people-pleasing, keeping the peace Right? Keeping the peace at a certain point can dip into the shadows because when you're trying to keep the peace and like make sure that no fu- ruffles, no feathers are ruffled, there's just inaction. Mm. Nothing changes. Mm. And so we need a little bit of healthy, constructive conflict that Aries gives us to move things forward. And so noticing in ourselves, where do we continue to keep the peace, um, not change the status quo, to be the doormat, um, to do that people pleasing. Um, Yesterday, my son, I have an eight year old son. And there's been this, and my son is a a big kid. He's like the tallest in his class. And he's so sweet and so gentle because we've really raised him to be this kind-hearted person to always do good. There's this little kid in class, a new new little kid, and he has some behavior issues. And he unprovoked, unprovoked all the time hits my son. Now, this doesn't physically hurt my son, and my son, but my son gets really frustrated because emotionally he's like, why is this kid hitting me? And he doesn't want to push back because he's, we've taught him to not push back. And so teaching him how to use his words, like don't touch me and putting your arms out to create space. My son was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's mean. That's mean. And so that's almost like the shadows of that South Node in Libra, because he's gone too far into keeping the peace and the people pleasing, where now he's not protecting and creating boundaries for himself. 
And so that South Node in Libra, that story with my son, we can all probably relate to that somehow where we're keeping the peace in relationships that maybe don't deserve <laughs> that peace. We need some boundaries. Hmm. Well, and I think this comes up too in, you know, it's not always that we're being provoked, right? Or not always that we're being shoved, which sometimes we are, but sometimes it's uh-huh. just a, 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 a relationship that is no longer serving either party. It's no longer serving in the way that it once was. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or the other person's wrong or, or doing anything wrong. It's just time to move on. And yeah. it seems like that could be another shadow of Lib- you know, the Libra desire to keep things peaceful and keep to things not want to hurt feelings. Yes, I do not want to yeah. hurt feelings for sure. Yeah. Wow. Any other any other shadows that you think or any other challenges that you think are going to be particularly highlighted during this eclipse period? And and before you answer that question, we this eclipse period that we're about to enter into in March is so important and so pivotal and so um, such a big part of the astrology this year that we're offering a series of eclipse events all free for our community to, and it will have different astrologers like, like Leslie giving us some more guidance and more insight so we can really use the opportunity that's provided for us. More on that later, we're going to open up registration for our whole entire eclipse, uh, experience that we're putting together that registration is going to open on March 11th. So just watch your inbox, but yeah, Leslie, any other like things that you think might be particularly highlighted, you know, obviously without knowing individual charts, but for us collectively. Yeah, I still have my eye on, um, for, for these eclipses, they're just, they're so powerful. And, Pluto in Aquarius, I'm really having my eye on that Pluto in Aquarius simply because we can get stuck in our bubbles. And, you know, if we're thinking about the shadows of social structures, um, we can start to get stuck in these bubbles and continue to hear only one narrative. And Mm -hmm. so it's our responsibility if we're going to be leaders, if we're just going to be like good citizens of the world to you know, hear so many different perspectives of different stories to make our own decisions and not get stuck in um, in just one kind of narrative. And so if we can open our hearts and open up our minds to see and to understand and to be empathetic for all different perspectives, we're going to have an easier time of navigating through, you know, some of the the tricky spaces that are coming up this year. Mm. One thing we've been practicing as a community, I've mentioned it several times recently because Mark Borax was an astrologer that was on the podcast and he's one of our inner circle astrologers this year too. He suggested that the mantra be for the year I am here and I see you. And one iteration of that that I've been practicing is I hear you and I understand. And it sounds like as we're ta- we're talking about accepting people's unique gifts, people's unique contributions, being willing to see that there's many different perspectives, even on the same thing, 
that just having a go-to when we find ourselves triggered in any sort of connection with people or when people are saying something about how they received us and it's like, oh no, I didn't mean it that way or this is what I really meant and that defense mechanism kicks in yeah. to, to have that go-to like, okay, breathe. And just that mm-hmm. I hear you and I understand because sometimes that's yeah. all it, it takes to open up the space for a real level of connection to happen. And when we can't find phrases like that, when we're in those moments, it can escalate and then everyone feels more disconnected than ever. Absolutely. I love that. I'm, I'm hearing the Mars-Pluto opposition when you're, when you're saying that that happens later in the year. Yes. We, we need that, that empathy, that connection. Right. That maybe my Gemini rising is like, well, everything can be true. Exactly. <laughs> it's true. Everything can. Well, and astrology kind of shows us, not kind of, actually shows us that yes. different perspectives on the same thing are like wired into the system. Like we're not all going to mm-hmm. see it the same way. We're not all going to interpret it the same way. We're not going to think about it the same way. There's, a, we all are different fractals of this reality this beautiful reality yes. we need all those little bits and pieces yes i love that makes it makes it shiny and brilliant just like a diamond right so we need all the little pieces <laughs> totally okay leslie for our inner circle members or anyone who will be joining the inner circle in the next couple months and we'll get to have you as a guide tell us about your mastery class what are we going to be learning about give us some specifics Yes. So we'll be looking at our personal chirons and we'll be laying out kind of our chiron story and really taking apart that chiron story to begin to connect the dots in all of the different ways that we have been looking to heal our chiron wounds of of belonging, of acceptance, of wholeness, of um, of contribution and mentorship. And so the Chiron story takes us along a path from when he was rejected at birth all the way to him becoming a mentor and creating a healing temple. And so we're going to be mapping our own personal stories to Chiron's stories so that you can see what your contribution is, what is in your healing temple that you're meant to share. Oh my gosh, that is going to be a huge hit. (laughs) Yes, cannot wait for that. Leslie, thank you so much for being here. This is such a pleasure to meet you and introduce you to the community. Any final words of wisdom because we're in the beginning of March right now. We're in the sort of preparation phase. Like I said, in the beginning, we're in the, we're, we're walking through a threshold. Any other things we can keep in mind as we're um, entering into this powerful eclipse time that we'll be going through soon. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that comes to mind as you say that, again, from one of my son's books, there is a quote in his book, I wish you more woohoo than whoa. <laughs> so as we're about to embark on uncertainty, uncertainty can be very fearful. But what if it's not? What if we can trust ourselves in our own emotional wisdom and security and to have that leap of faith and just have woohoo, have some fun with it. That is so cute. More woohoo than whoa. Whoa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Adorable. Okay. I, we, need, we need more children's books for adults or, or adults just need to read the children's books again because there's always so much wisdom in there. 
so much. Yes. Okay. Love it. Leslie, thank you. And thank you everybody for being here. Make sure you get on the inner circle wait list. So you are the first to know when our promotional period opens and you can get access to Leslie's mastery class, along with all the mastery classes that we make available for members only throughout the year. So go to astrologyhub.com slash waitlist and In the meantime, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. I cannot wait to connect with you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.